This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala al-mabruthi rahmatan lil-alameen, nabiyyina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. We commence by praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sending blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his entire household and all his companions. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless every single one of us and to grant us goodness. Brothers and sisters, we have a few more days left for this beautiful month of Ramadan. The question is, what have we benefited or what have we gained from this month And if we have not yet gained, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those who can make use of the last few days. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us such that we become serious. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam during the last 10 nights of Ramadan used to be much more serious in acts of worship. Not to say he was not before that, but he took it to a different level. It's important for us to do the same. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive us. And may this Ramadan be a means of change in our lives that will be positive, that will draw us closer to our Maker. Brothers and sisters, Surah Luqman, named after a very wise man. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's peace and blessings be upon him and every one of us. In this surah, Allah makes mention of the advice of this man to his son. And some of the narrations make mention of the fact that he was from Africa, a noba, which is the Sudanese region. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us. This would mean that Allah is making mention of a worshipper of His who said something that was full of wisdom. He was granted wisdom by Allah. So what are these pieces of wisdom? You will find in them repetition of the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but mentioned in a beautiful way. Allah says, وَإِذْ قَالَ لُقُمَانُ Mention or remember when Luqman said to his son. Now, he made mention of many things. From amongst them, he says in verse number 13 of the surah, Ya bunayya la tushrik billah. Ya bunayya. Do you know what that means? It does not mean, oh my son. It means, my, oh my dear, beloved little child, my little son. A beautiful way of calling your child. From this, we can draw a pearl, beautiful pearl. How do you address your children? Do you use words of love and respect and at the same time affection that draws them close to you? Or are you a person who doesn't even like to address your child? Screaming and yelling, swearing and shouting the whole day? If that's the case, we have learned nothing from the Quran. Here Allah is saying this wise man knew how to talk to his child. Ya Bunayya, oh my beloved son. Oh my beloved little son. Amazing. And Allah is making mention of that word here, Bunay. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us from those who take the matter of addressing our children seriously. We need to show maximum love and affection and that is when they will understand and realize that what we are saying is good for them. It's better for them. But if you yell from one side of the house, expecting them on the other side of the house to understand that you are the boss, it's not going to happen. Believe me, it no longer works that way. We need to control ourselves. My mothers and sisters, my brothers and fathers who are here this evening and who will be listening to this, remember, fight your nafs, fight yourself, 
Fight the evil in yourself to come across as best as you can, especially to your children. That is your test. You need to build the next generation before you die by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the test. What's the point of us enjoying life, disobeying Allah's instruction when our children will disobey Allah in a bigger way unless Allah has mercy on them. May Allah have mercy on us as well as on our offspring. So he says, Oh my beloved little son, do not associate partners with Allah. For indeed, the association of partnership with Allah is the biggest form of oppression. It is called dhulm in the Arabic language. It has a very deep translation. It would actually mean to put something where it does not belong. It's known as dhulm. To place something where it does not belong. So the biggest misplacement of something would be if a person was to worship anyone or anything besides his own creator and maker. So then he continues to say, And oh my beloved son, remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has enjoined upon us to be kind to our parents. And here the verses take a pause and they divert to the rights of the parents. Especially the mother. حَمَلَتْهُ أُمُّهُ وَهْنًا عَلَى وَهْنًا وَفِصَالُهُ فِي عَامَيْنٍ Allah makes mention of how the period of gestation was so difficult upon the mother and how the mother breastfed the child or fed the child at that initial stage. And this is why my beloved mothers, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy during the period of gestation, during the pregnancy, number one. Number two is childbirth is not just going to be a walk over. It will be challenging. Some have it slightly easier than others. May Allah make it easy upon you. And looking after the child thereafter is part and parcel of the opening of your door into paradise. Some will be colic. Your door will open even quick for as long as you treat them correctly. There's no point in getting upset and smacking up a little child who's only two months old. If that's the case, what door to paradise? This is why people used to say, you know, heaven lies under the feet of your mother. People have also spoken about the authenticity of that narration. But now the question is, if that mother herself is not going to heaven, then what heaven is under her feet? Allah protect us. This is why make sure that you have a heavenly qualities. You will guide your child. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and grant us goodness. So this verse or these verses continue to make mention of something powerful. If your parent, one or both of them, happens to be a disbeliever, still you owe them respect, still you owe them kindness, and still you have to obey their instruction on condition that they do not order you to do that which is bad, which is against the instruction of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is made quite clear in verse number 15. And thereafter, verse number 16, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya bunayya innaha in takumithqala habbatin min khardal fatakum fi sakhratin aw fi samawati aw fi al-ardi ya'ti Oh my beloved little son, you need to know that even if it is a weight of a mustard seed worth of a deed or of anything, even if it is a little mustard seed, Anywhere in the skies, on the earth, or within a rock, not underneath the rock, inside the rock, Allah will bring it forth. That deed is going to be seen. That item is known by Allah. He knows it. Definitely Allah, His knowledge encompasses absolutely everything. So my son, 
This would obviously mean you cannot hide from Allah. Nothing you do can be hidden from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need to know. He knows about it and he knows very well about it. And he is waiting and he gives you a moment. And you need to turn to him before your final time comes up. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and grant us a turning point. Then he continues something very important. Ya bunayya aqimis salata wa umur bil ma'rufi wa anil munkar wasbir ala ma asabak. Four items mentioned in that verse, number 17. Oh my beloved child, establish your prayers. Now the other day when I said establish your prayers, someone sent me a message saying, how can the previous prophets have said establish your salah when salah was a gift to Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in Mi'raj? Before that there was no salah. My brothers and sisters do not be fooled. Every nation has a different type of a salah. It's a prayer. Their prayer was slightly different. But the prayer we have today and we've engaged in, we believe, is a specific salah for this ummah. That does not mean the others did not engage in salah. Salah was there from the beginning, from the time of Adam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's peace and blessings be upon all the messengers. But the way they established it was slightly different. We have the ruku' and the sujood in a specific order. We have to read and say specific words and so on. This is the blessing of Allah. So this man is telling his child, Oh my beloved little child, establish your prayer. Develop your connection with Allah, even if it means you are inching there. But don't ever go back on your achievement. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us. How many of us are ready and prepared to develop our link with our maker and to solidify the bond such that tomorrow will be better than today and today is definitely better than yesterday. Amen. Allah grant that to us. We can inch forward inshallah and we can move forward. You know, inching forward is obviously better than not moving forward at all. But if a person is serious, they don't need to inch forward. They can move in leaps and bounds by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he says, Oh my beloved child, establish your prayer. And then join that which is good. Instruct people to do good. We should all be doing this inshallah. Tell people do good. You know, tell people, encourage them to do something that is good. You'll achieve a reward. And discourage them from bad. When they stop, you achieve a reward. Imagine, if you tell someone stop drinking in a nice way. And if they stopped, by the will of Allah, you achieve a reward because of their abstention. Amazing, amazing. These are the gifts of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then he says, Oh my son, Bear patience regarding that which has reached you in terms of destiny. Sometimes you know, calamity strikes, difficulty strikes, everyone is tested. This man is telling his son, Oh my son, isbir ala ma asabak. Bear patience regarding that which has struck you or which got to you. Every one of us needs to learn this lesson. You want happiness, you want peace, you want serenity, bear patience. Allah is going to test you. And you need to know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's tests will come more to those whom He loves even more. In Allah إِذَا أَحَبَّ عَبْدًا The hadith says, when Allah loves someone, when Allah loves someone, He tests that person and He tests them even more. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and grant us goodness. So these are the four points mentioned in that verse. The next verse, He says, verse number 18, to His son, don't turn your cheek to people. And this is an Arabic statement that would mean, do not show haughtiness and arrogance to people. You know, you turn your face in that arrogance. And don't walk on the earth with haughtiness. We've mentioned this before. This is being repeated. And Allah has repeated this in the Quran because it is a difficulty that if we don't search ourselves properly, we might not even pick up that we actually come across very arrogant. If you don't study yourself, 
hard. You might not tell that I'm a person who everybody really thinks I'm tough to get along with and I'm arrogant. But if you study and you check hard, you know, then inshallah we will be able to resolve the matter or deal with it at least. Something came to my mind. There was a man who told his son, Listen my son, if I come across arrogant, let me know. The most arrogant person, but he used to beat up the child. So the child says, Dad, you're the best dad. You're the best dad. Why? I don't want to be beaten, obviously. So the moral of it is, when you are asking people to help you, be ready to listen to the nastiest things. Because believe me, we might be the, some of the nastiest people, but people are too frightened because we are wealthy, or because we have position, or because we are just so violent, that people are so frightened to tell us, that you know what? Your attitude stinks. May Allah protect us. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us from those. So this is something we learn. Then he says, وَقَصِدْ فِي مَشِيكَ وَغْضُضْ مِنْ Powerful verse. When you walk, you need to walk moderately. Don't rush that you trip. And don't even walk so slowly that people think you're loitering. It happens sometimes. You need to study. You need to make sure that you are moderate in your walk. Don't stamp your feet. Again, teaching us how to walk in the Quran in more than one place. Imagine how many of us have studied the way we walk and we look at it. Amazing. The Quran has made mention of it in many places, not just one. And then Allah says that He told His son, Lower your voice. Lower your voice. So this is something we need to learn. You want respect? Speak with a low voice. Not that you whisper when you need to address a thousand people. No. But when you want to come across to people, speak in the correct volume. Because you need to know, if you yell, you sound like a donkey. That's what this verse says. And the verse actually says, Indeed, the most detested of all sounds and of all sounds is that of a braying donkey. The braying donkeys. You know when donkeys bray, what do you hear? You hear a sound, you don't know what they're saying. But you know, there's something happening here. Either they're in pain, or they're giving you a message, or they don't want to go, or they want to go. You don't have a clue. So when we yell and scream, whether it's at home, whether it's at the workplace, whether it's on the road, no matter where it is. You know the road rage of today, people swear. I know when I visited Egypt once, may Allah grant them goodness and ease. As we are speaking, there is a lot of turmoil there. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them and those across the globe. And the driver we were sitting with bumped into the car in front. And the two of them came out and started yelling at each other. So loud, they were screaming at each other. And I thought somebody is going to beat somebody up. And the one was screaming louder than the other. So the other one said, okay, it's okay, fine. And he walked into his car and they both went away. I told him, what happened? He said, here in Egypt, when you knock somebody and it's a minor issue, the one who screams louder is the one who was right. <laughs> so to be honest, if that's the case, it means nothing. You come out and you yell and yell. If that's the case, we can all have competitions how to scream. May Allah protect us. It doesn't make you right or wrong. Remember, fight your nafs to lower the volume of your voice. You earn a lot of respect. I remember once I entered a classroom and they were making a loud noise. And when I went in, I started speaking very softly. And I started with this lesson. And in no time, everyone was silent. I didn't even say keep quiet. Because they wanted to listen what's going on. But I was so low in volume, intentionally, that they would only be able to hear me if they were all silent. So they had to drop silent. So this is a tactic, it's a way of doing things. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and grant us goodness and ease. And may He open our doors.
So brothers and sisters, inshallah, we're all ready to work on our volume by the will of Allah. Wallahi, you'll solve a lot of your problems in your houses and everywhere. You resolve so many matters. If you stay away from vulgar language, stop swearing, even jokingly. You know, there are words that just blurting out of our mouths, big, big swear words. We don't realize they snatch away our goodness. They chase away the angels of mercy. Really, they do. And what happens then, we start screaming and yelling. Wallahi, if we eradicate this in our lives, I promise you, your home will be a happier home. You will have peace in your home just because dad no longer swears. And you know what? Mom no longer yells from the other corner. Sometimes the moms have a bad habit. From the room, three rooms down, they are screaming and yelling, either calling the maid or calling the daughter or someone else. And then they come out, they emerge, they walk all the way to you. They say, I've been calling you for half an hour. You didn't hear me. Well, mom, why didn't you walk to me half an hour ago? I would have heard you. <laughs> You're yelling from that side. You know, there is no loud hailer that we can hear. Sometimes people cannot hear you and you think we're ignoring you. No, mom, nobody's ignoring you. You need to be intelligent enough. Here's the advice of Luqman. Go and look at it. Walk all the way there and then you will have to whisper and I will still hear you. Believe me. May Allah grant us ease. This is really a jewel because it's in the Quran. Allah cannot put it here unless it is beneficial for us. Subhanallah. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us towards the end of that surah, surah Luqman, do not let this world deceive you. It is only for a short period of time and don't let the devil deceive you. Ya ayyuha nasu inna wa'dallahi haqqun fala tagurrannakumul hayatul dunya wa la yagurrannakum billahi al-gharur. Verse number 33 of Surah Luqman, Allah says, O oh people, you should know that the promise of Allah to you is the truth. So do not let this dunya deceive you, this worldly life deceive you. You should know who you are, where you are, how you are developing and the fact that you are going to be answerable to Allah for everything and you are going to get to Him very, very soon. And He says, Allah says, and don't let the big deceiver deceive you. Who is the big deceiver? Shaitan. May Allah protect us. The next surah is Surah Al-Sajdah. Named after the prostration that is in that particular surah. And immediately after the prostration, Allah is describing, Allah is describing those who believe and they fall prostrate for Allah. What are some of their qualities? I only want to mention one. Verse number 16 of Surah Sajda. Allah describes them. May Allah make us from amongst them. Do you know what He says? He says, those people, they are the ones whose sides forsake their beddings at night. And they stand up for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They pray to Allah. They call out to Allah. Hoping in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's mercy. Fearing His wrath and His punishment. And they spend that which He has given them. So at night, like we've said a few days ago, my brothers and sisters, it is not hard to set your clock once a month, once a week, okay? Once in a while. And you get up at night when everyone is asleep solely for the sake of Allah so that at least my name and yours can be written even once from amongst these who spend the night calling out to Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us with that even in the month of Ramadan. Sometimes we are awake and really we are ready to go to sleep just at the time when we are not supposed to sleep. And this is why you find a lot of the young people 
and I'm sure I'm correct, they would tell you, they sit up until 2-3 o'clock, then they say, look, let's just have something to eat now and we'll sleep. We won't get up for suhoor because it's already late. Brother, that means you're going to sleep through fajr. That means you're fast, you're damaging it, you're shooting through the fast. May Allah protect us. No, get up again for suhoor, even if it means just a little bit. Because what is even more important is the fact that that is such a blessed moment if you were to call out to Allah, even by mistake, perhaps that dua will be answered. Allah, it's a reality. That time when people may, you know, a word might come out of your mouth that, Ya Allah, bless me. And you might be blessed. Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the ability to understand the importance of this. So these are some of the qualities. Then we have Surah Al-Ahzab. The surah where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right at the beginning makes mention of the importance of lineage. And the fact that you cannot deny your lineage. There is a narration which says anyone who calls themselves with a name besides that lineage of their fathers will not smell the scent of paradise. So remember this. That means you are son of so and so. That must come out. You don't deny that. You need to make it clear. The minute you are trying to hide that, you are playing with your paradise. My brothers and sisters, you are playing with your paradise. You don't do that. If it is done in a deceptive way, then you are definitely playing with your paradise. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and grant us ease. This is why Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was looking after Zayd ibn Haritha radiallahu anhu. And he was known commonly as Zayd ibn Muhammad. Zayd, the son of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, Allah revealed verses to say, don't call him Zayd, the son of Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Call him with his own father's name. Allahu Akbar. Ud'uhum li'aba'ihim huwa aqsatu indallah. Call them by the names of their fathers. That is just. That is the most just. That is what justice is in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah bless us and grant us strength. Let's press a red button. In our societies, once a divorce happens, you know what mom does sometimes? She goes back and takes out dad's name. So no one must know what's happening. This child called by my name. So what happened? You are removing every, every little link that the child had with the dad because you hate the child's father. That does not make you want to now come and compete with Allah. Allah decided that that's going to be the father. Love him or hate him. He could have turned out to be a drunkard or a drug addict. He is the father. The name needs to stay. Come what may. This is the verse. Pick up the Quran and read Surah Al-Ahzab. And your eyes will open. It's not too late to change things, my brothers and sisters. You can hate your dad to the T. That is another issue that you have. You will have to deal with that. You will have to have this hate management and hurt management. But you need to know no matter how terrible he is, even if he's a murderer, and even if he's jailed and executed, you are still his son. Come what may, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us. This is Islam. And on the day of judgment, for your information, you are called so and so, the son of so and so, with your father's name. May Allah bless us. And I'm not making a mistake there. Some people say, no, you're called by your mother's name. You are called by your father's name. Straight, it's done. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and grant us ease. A lot of people get agitated and upset when we talk about these things because we are guilty, my brothers and sisters. It is affecting society. May Allah bless us. Let's move on. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you know the best of creation was sent to us and like we've been saying, in such a way that if we were to look for peace, and if we were to look for salvation, 
And if we were to look for goodness, we would only find it if we tried to emulate every single aspect of his life. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So Allah says in verse number 21, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنَةٌ لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهَ وَالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرِ وَذَكَرَ اللَّهَ كَثِيرًا Indeed, in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, for you, there is a beautiful example to be emulated and followed. For those who are looking forward to the meeting with Allah, and those who are looking forward to the last day, they believe in it and they are preparing for it. So if I want a beautiful last day, which means the day of judgment, I want to have resurrection with Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I need to become more serious about following him. If I want to be resurrected with anyone else, I need to be more serious about following them. Because the hadith says, Al-mar'u ma'aman ahabba. A person will be resurrected with whomsoever he loves. So it depends if your you know, pop stars of today happen to be those whom you're trying to emulate. Like I seen, people cut their hair like a little monkey because they said there's a footballer who does that. <laughs> well, when all those little monkeys will be resurrected, we don't want to be there. So what you do, cut your hair properly. One size and say, Muhammad wasallam told me, I'm not allowed to love my hair more than I love Allah. Allah comes first, then my hair comes second. So if I'm supposed to cover it, I will cover it because as beautiful as my hair is, my Allah comes first. May Allah bless us. You can even shave your head if that's what it means. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness, not for the sisters by the way. So this is the example we are supposed to be emulating everything. Look at the way he spoke, look at the way, study his life. Without studying his life, will you be able to know what he did? The answer is no. This is why we say, study the life of Muhammad ﷺ, study his sunnah, try your best. And remember one thing, and I'm going to say this because we are guilty. How many sunnah are there? Perhaps hundreds of thousands. We in our lives will not be able to engage in more than 10, 20, if you're lucky, maybe 30. And the man next door will be engaging in perhaps 30 or 40. And because there are 100,000, his 30 or 40 might be totally different from the 30 or 40 that I'm engaging in. But because he doesn't have a few things that I have, I look at him and say, this guy is a bad Muslim. Not realizing he has qualities in him that I don't have. Amazing. You know, I might be swearing my mother and he doesn't. He looks after his mother like she's the queen of queens. Allahu Akbar. And he speaks to his spouse with such utmost respect. Perhaps he might have a weakness, he doesn't have a miswak in his pocket. But you have a miswak, mashallah, and you think, you know what, I've arrived at paradise. On my back there is a stamp saying, Jannah. That's it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us all. May He grant us goodness. Never think that, my brothers and sisters. Wallahi. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to open our doors, grant us ease and goodness. Listen to what Allah says, addressing the wives of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but obviously the lesson is for all our women folk. Verse number 33. وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنَّ وَلَا تَبَرَّجْنَ تَبَرُّجَ الْجَاهِلِيَّةِ الْأُولَىٰ وَأَقِمْنَ الصَّلَاةَ وَآتِينَ الزَّكَاةَ وَأَطِعْنَ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ Allahu Akbar. Allah says, remain indoors. Now this would mean, obviously, and there's a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu which says, لِيَسَعْكَ بَيْتُكَ your home must be spacious for you. You must not itch to want to walk out every time. Then you won't be happy. You must be happy at home in the sense, this is also for the men folk where unnecessarily you don't need to just find yourself out. Spend your time with your children and so on. You will find a lot of peace and comfort. But if you are outside all the time, those whom you are meant to be with, really, where are they going to get their guidance from? Who will they achieve their comfort from? So spend more time at home for the men. For the women, 
you don't come out unless obviously you have to come out. But some people, they cannot stay indoors. Not at all. They are irritated within the house. May Allah protect us and grant us goodness and ease. We are supposed to feel the comfort of our homes and we are supposed to spend much more time there. Yes, if you have to emerge, you may emerge. It's not wrong to come out of the house. No, not at all. But remember, unnecessarily to have this bad habit of wanting to go out every little while, it's going to put pressure on your marriage. Perhaps you'll end up in a divorce. You know, so bad that someone sent me a little WhatsApp message. Allahu Akbar, Allah protect us. May Allah safeguard us. You know, he calls his, his new bride angel. Angel, every little while he says, angel, angel, angel. And we're like, wow, you know, quite impressed, very sweet of him. So a year later he meets him and he says, how's your angel? He says, she turned out to be the angel of death, man. (laughs) Allah protect us. Because the man don't spend time at home and sometimes the angel don't want to spend time at home either. So what happens? You get into the place where angel's supposed to be, there's no angel. You come out, you start screaming and yelling. And you know what? A month down the line, marriage is broken. May Allah protect us. Really, we need to be happy with one another so that we can both be called angels because we have angelic qualities. Amen. Amen. So, brothers and sisters, it's important for us to understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then says, do not beautify and adorn yourself like the period of ignorance, like the first period of ignorance. You know, who are you supposed to try and impress? Well, a young girl will tell you, my future husband. Okay, you know, it's a little bit dangerous because sometimes he just, he might like the makeup on your face and that's it. And two years down the line, the factory has stopped making that makeup that suits your face. So then what happens? No more. People are into MAC in such a big way that believe me, MAC might go bust next year. Then what will happen? You'll have to shift. And then husband might say, you're no longer looking like the way I liked you, you know. So my brothers and sisters, be careful. When you want to beautify yourself, ask yourself, you beautify yourself for your spouse. Yes, indeed. Today is the other way around. When we're leaving home, beautify ourselves. Properly. Where are you going? To the mall. Allahu Akbar, to the mall. And husband says, okay, I'm busy watching TV here. So husband's looking at other women on the screen. And his woman is being looked at by other men at the mall. Allahu Akbar. This is what's happening. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warns us, you're supposed to be dressing for your spouse, even the men folk. It's not just for women. The man comes home and says, you're never dressing for me. Well, do you dress for her? Question. It's a very important question. May Allah protect us. One uncle tells me, you know, my wife, every time I give her a hug, she's smelling of oil and samosas and everything, you know, fries and all that, whatever. So I told him, I said, uncle, stop eating that. You are blaming your spouse. You wanted to cook and at the same time you you wanted not to smell of the food that she's cooking. Either get a cook and sort the problem out or stop eating that. Start eating something that will not be smelly. May Allah protect us. These are serious issues in society. We have issues. People are not dressing up for one another because they don't realize, they don't understand that you know what? It takes two to tango as they say. Believe me, it's a reality. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and open our doors. So this is why my brothers and sisters remember that yes, dressing up for others, especially the spouse dressing up for others, that is something that is frowned upon in the sharia. We need to make sure that we mend that. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And on top of that, he says, establish your prayer. And give out from the arms and the charities. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and grant us goodness. I'd like to make mention of one more verse which is very, very close in meaning to the one we just spoke about. 
Allah instructs His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, verse number 59 of the same surah, surah al-Ahzab. يَا أَيُّهَا النَّبِيُّ قُلْ لِأَزْوَاجِكَ وَبَنَاتِكَ وَنِسَاءِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ يُدْنِينَ عَلَيْهِنَّ مِنْ جَلَابِيبِهِنَّ it's a beautiful long verse. The gist of it, Allah says, O Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, O Messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah says, tell your wives and your daughters and the believing women to dress with an outer garment. To dress with an outer garment. And this is when leaving the home. When in the presence perhaps or passing by a non-mahram, an outer garment, amazing, a julbab, is something that is worn on top of your ordinary clothing. So this would make two things wrong. To walk out without the outer garment would not be the ideal Islamic way. And remember, when we say it's not the ideal Islamic way, there will be negatives as a result. You might think or you might not think it. But you will face it at some stage, either in the future or sometimes even immediately. But the second thing is, People wear a cloak and sometimes underneath they've got absolutely nothing. So it's even worse sometimes. So we need to address both these issues where the outer garment means you've got some clothing inside and then you throw on something as you leave the home. This is the respect. The Quran says you will be recognized as a chaste woman. People will not harm you. They know that this person here is a believer. So my mothers and sisters, look. This is a beautiful instruction, so beautiful wallahi, where Allah, the creator, is so lovingly telling his messenger, O Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, tell your wives, tell your daughters, and tell the believing women out there to have this overcloak. May Allah bless us. Are we ready to listen to this inshallah? Wallahi, if we are, we will achieve a lot of peace. And even if the whole world thinks that you've become a nun, believe me, it's better to be a happy person who's dressed properly in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than a person who does not dress appropriately wanting to please every Tom, Dick and Harry and at the same time we are supposed to be pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we ask Allah to grant us peace. Today, the decisions of marriage that are being made in a lot of cases are wrong. It's more like a lucky dip where you've made a decision, your nikah is done and you're just waiting, you know, what will happen? You don't know because, wallahi, the way we've operated, the way we've dressed, the way we've interacted, the way sometimes we've got to meet one another is sometimes through the channels that are not heavenly channels. They are not spiritual channels. They are not decent channels, but highly indecent. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and protect us. May He grant us goodness and ease. Inshallah, we meet again tomorrow. Until then, wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah. بحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك